Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. Oh, I've been waiting to say this for months. Pitchers and catchers report today. And the Diamondbacks took our advice for the first time ever. <laughs> we'll certainly talk about Can that. Can you smell it? Can you smell the hot dogs and Cracker Jacks and pretzels and it is, nachos? It is the Can Ain't No Fang podcast. Steve Zinsweister, Cody Fincher there as well. Uh, first of all, we are going to get to it. Last week's podcast we did uh, was about the Diamondbacks should bring back two former players. And they brought one of them back. We got one. We got one. We got one of them. Uh, so we are going to get to that here in a little bit when we discuss the bullpen. But we wanted to make today's podcast all about opening day roster predictions. You're starting to see them pop up on different websites, different analysts. I think the Diamondbacks list is pretty straightforward for the most part with a couple of question marks at the back end of certain positions. Uh, so let's break it down. Let's just lay out our picks for who is going to make the roster for the Arizona Diamondbacks in 2023. Bear, start us off with one of the positions that I think is the most clear cut, catcher. Yes. I mean, the only question about this is, and I know we hate this with this question, at least I do. Are they going to carry three catchers? Oh, boy. Because, and I hate to say this too, because I, it was my problem with Dalton Varsho. I, once upon a time, I was saying they should just want, they should just keep him a catcher or keep him in the outfield, which they making him an outfielder. But I mean, Gabby Moreno comes in here having played multiple positions, are they going to try some of that with him, or are they just going to make him a catcher? I hope he's just a catcher. Yeah. So all that depends on, I guess, the only other guy really in the running would be Jose Herrera. Yeah, I have him on the bubble. Yeah, I, I, think I, I, agree, with, I agree with that position. I think he's still a minor league guy available in the instance that one of our two guys who we predict will make the roster yeah. are going to get injured. But, I mean, it essentially comes down to two guys. My... My prediction, though, is, and I think you'd probably agree, it's just going to be Carson Kelly and and Gabby Moreno. Yeah, I think those are your two catchers, unless someone gets hurt. Hopefully, not, hopefully, don't get hurt. But um, I think they roll with those two guys. I think Moreno. I I I. It's, it's more of a hope, I guess, but I think that he will be the everyday catcher. I mean, you traded Dalton Varsho for this guy, so and he's he's. He's ready for the major leagues. He's played in the major leagues last year, 20-something games in, in uh, Toronto last year for the big league club. He had a really good batting average. I think it was in the 290s, his batting average, in that short sample size. So I think he's ready to hit uh, in major leagues. So I think he should he should be your everyday catcher. Carson Kelly, that's not a bad backup. If he can, if he can round back into what we've seen from Carson Kelly – um, because he had a really bad year last year. He he's he was really bad offensively, and he's not the best defensive catcher either. I but I think if he can bring that bat around, and you know maybe catch every few days here and there, I think he's a pretty good backup catcher. I do think that Carson Kelly will likely be the starter on opening day. That doesn't. Yeah, you might be right about that. That doesn't mean that Moreno isn't going to be the guy at some point this season. But also, I think it'll take some time. And it also depends on pitchers too. Pitchers have their preferences. Um, they're going to have to get used to Moreno. Um, I mean, we've seen guys like you know, obviously like Zach Granke had his personal catcher. Jeff Mathis caught Zach Granke every day, every start when he was here. I mean, when Randy Johnson was on his second stint with the Diamondbacks, 
His personal catcher was Miguel Montero, who was not an everyday starter at that point. I don't think we have that guy in the rotation, though. Zach Gallon is very, very good. Maybe a top well, five pitcher in well, the National League. Well, last year, though, Madison Bumgarner really took to Jose Herrera. Does Madison Bumgarner get, get a say anymore in who the catcher is on any given day? Here's where... I wouldn't, I wouldn't give him that power. Here's where I can argue, yes. If you're trying to maximize Madison Bumgarner's value and he feels the most comfortable with a certain guy... That's on the roster. He can't be like, well, I like Jose Herrera. And we're like, and Mike Hazen and Tori Lavella go, well, Jose's not making the team, mad bum. So sorry. But if he likes Kelly over Moreno or Moreno over Kelly, and you're trying to get the most out of Madison Bumgarner, and that's what's going to make him feel most comfortable, then maybe. I get your point. Maybe. But I am not in the mood anymore with Madison Bumgarner. <laughs> to be making any sort of lineup adjustments to his favor. If your ERA is <laughs> around 7 like it yeah. was last year, how much say do you, you really don't get? get a say anymore. I don't care what makes sh- you more comfortable. I, I want him to turn around as much as anybody. The as money, much as you and do. the money shouldn't matter no, either. No, and the money doesn't matter to me anymore either. I think it's all a wash. But you don't get to pick who the catcher is anymore because that's up to us. Yeah. And with these- especially if it's Herrera Right. If that's the guy he wants, and we don't know that, but if that's the guy he wants, sorry, we got two better catchers than that. And Pick one of if them. If it comes down to Kelly and Moreno, it's not like it's not like Moreno is this ridiculously good defensive catcher yet either. No. So it might all depend too on offensive matchups, who is catching certain days, but we'll see. But yeah, catchers, I think it's Kelly and Moreno. I might tend to agree with you that Kelly might get the nod on opening day just because. I think he might even get more starts in the first couple weeks of the season than Moreno. <sighs> no. but with I want Moreno. I think they're going to try to ease Moreno into that role. Kind of like if you draft a quarterback in the first round, but you still have like a Joe Flacco or a Matt Ryan, you know? Yeah. And you're like, all right, they're going to start for the first eight weeks, and then we're going to ease the quarterback in. I don't think this is like a Kyler Murray situation where you draft a number one overall and he starts day one. I just don't think that yeah, that's... Yeah, I, I could see that. Yep. Uh, moving to first base, I think it's pretty simple. There's only one guy. It's Christian Walker, who I think has made a, a carved out a really nice role in this lineup. He's yes. certainly the most powerful hitter in their lineup. And by powerful, I strictly mean like home run hitting. Uh, the average is going to be low. It's going to probably be in the 230s, 240s. Uh, he's probably got a chance to drive in 90-plus guys this season. Walker really evolved defensively over the last couple of seasons into one of the better defensive first basemen. I think he's the only guy that makes the roster that is specifically a first baseman. There's really no other guy that's a first baseman besides what? Seth Beer? Seth Beer, who played on opening week last year. He made the opening day roster last season. He didn't hit, stay there. He hit his one and only home run, a walk-off on opening day. Paven Smith was originally a first baseman, converted to I outfield. I think that's over. I mean, Paven he's, might... I mean, I know he's on the 40-man still, so he still has a shot to be in the majors this year, but I honestly, I think Paven Smith only makes the Major League roster if there's an injury. I think the experiment with Paven Smith is just... is is It is what it is. He's he's a decent hitter, not that great. He's a contact. He's hitter. kind of positionless. Like he, like you said, he was drafted and 
brought up as a first baseman, and then they tried to make him an outfielder, and he's not the best outfielder, so... Well, they certainly got better ones. Oh, yeah. Which we can get to here Much in a second, better. but I think they're definitely on the bubble. And that's Christian thing, Walker's the only I, I guy. Thought, I, I had high hopes for Paven Smith. I, I liked the contact hitter that he is, or that he would he was uh, touted to be in college and in the minor leagues. I never really thought he was going to hit like 30 home runs a year, which he's not going to, but... I I, did, I was I had high hopes for him and but I if you're I think, gonna be that guy at first base like there's yeah. there's guys who are strictly contact you kind of right? have like, to be a power hitter at first base there's like Stephen Kwan he's gonna hit two ninety to three hundred right he's not gonna drive anybody in but he's gonna get on base all the damn time but you can't be that guy at first base right that's a position you need power it's like corner outfield well uh, this is kind of old school I guess. Left field usually is a power hitter that's not a good defender, but that's that's kind of changed recently. And then third base and first base yeah. should be your power, power hitters, too. If you can get it. If you have it, Usually yeah. there's a way to get cheap power there, and you don't have to rely too much on defense. Yep. Christian Walker's the guy. At second base, I have a f- similar feeling that there's really only one name. Yep, it's Cattell. It's Cattell Marte. He's going to be your second baseman. Um, hopefully it's a healthy season for Cattell, but that has been kind of few and far between recently for him. Um, he's playing in the WBC, which kind of makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah, um, he's playing for the Dominican Republic. By the way, he might be the worst have player you on that seen team. That team, yeah. holy crap! No, I looked at the lineup and I, I texted one of my friends. I'm like, Cattell is probably the, and not saying he's a bad player, but he's probably the worst player on the team. And then I looked at catcher and Gary Sanchez is their catcher. Oh, okay. um, second so he's worst. Second worst. <laughs> um, sorry, Gary. With potential to be really, really yeah, good. By the way, but that team is stacked. I mean. All the oh, yeah. anyway, but yeah, Cattell Marte. Um, hopefully, he stays healthy. Um, those hamstrings always are a looming injury possibility with him. He seems to tweak a hammy pretty much every season. I think they'll be trying um, to move him back and forth between second and DH. Yeah, I mean, he's to a give him pseudo DH, days off. Sure, that's what. And that's what the Diamondbacks do with, with their DH anyway. Um, they don't have a like. Nelson Cruz, where he is your DH, that's it. There's really not a lot of those in the league anymore. Not really. Not, I mean, Cruz I mean, is still there, around. He's like 48. There's but. no more really. Yes, Cruz is still here. There's no more David Ortiz's no, anymore. Or, not you really. know, there's not. Um, you might, I mean, Albert Pujols is JD Martinez, a, maybe. Yeah, is JD, that guy JD Martinez? Oh, unfortunately for the Dodgers. By the way, oh my gosh, disgusting. Oh, do you see that first picture? He changed his profile picture no. on Twitter. It's him and Do- also gross. I, we, I, I'm just gonna throw this in since we're talking about the Dodgers briefly. They signed David Peralta. Oh yes, David Peralta is now a Los Angeles me. Dodger. I am upset. Now, J.D. Martinez and David Peralta are Dodgers? Maybe two Ugh. of the best players on that 2017 Ugh. team. And then following A.J. Pollock going there. Yep. Ugh. I mean, well, A.J. Pollock ended up being a jerk when he went there. So the Dodgers are kind of the Pollock, D-backs but... like 2.0 right now. I mean, they've got a handful of... Former D-backs is my point. Okay, I'm like, what? What are you talking about? Sorry, I, I, maybe I went <laughs> no, too far not. with the title. I just meant like they're signing a bunch of former D-backs. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, this sucks. Uh, Why, David? Why? Let's move on to a more interesting conversation, which is third base. And I say that because they just got a third baseman in Evan Longoria, yeah, who is certainly a veteran. I'm just going to go out and say it. He's probably the greatest Tampa Bay Ray of all time. 
in their franchise's history. I know yeah. they're still a young franchise somewhat, uh, and they you know don't have a lot of other big names, but Evan Longoria is a decent name. They wanted a right-handed bat to fit into their lineup, and he's going to fit well with Josh Rojas, who is probably the starting third baseman. But again, I'll bring back second base in this conversation. Rojas will probably go back and forth at times. Sure. I think you're going to see Rojas move around quite a bit. Um, like you said, they might have Marte DH some days to give his legs a rest um, from playing the field. I think, though, for the most part, Evan Longoria might be your DH. Um it really de- there's a lo- there's going to be a lot of moving parts with this D-backs lineup because I mean you and we're going to talk about him a little bit but you do have Lourdes Guriel is he going to play is he going to play left field how many times is he going to play left field how many times you know do you need Jake McCarthy out there and then that that moves Guriel to DH or whatever you know what i mean um are, is Josh Rojas going to get days off versus left-handed pitchers? Maybe. And Longoria plays third. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I think it's going to be um, kind of a, pl- a platoon at third base with Rojas and Longoria. I mean, Rojas, he he's a decent defender. He's not horrible, um, but he kind of just was playing third base last year because they didn't have anybody to play third base. Um, they didn't go out in like the last couple of years. I mean, Eduardo Escobar is gone. They didn't go out and get a veteran like they did in Esdrubal Cabrera um, to play third base. So um, I think you're going to see a lot of Josh Rojas at third. But yeah, I agree. I think he, he is a candidate to move, especially like you said, to second base that quite a bit. It, it does. And Second base isn't as difficult a, a defensive position anyway, so it shouldn't be that bad. Um, he's played there in the past quite a bit. I'm excited to see what Evan Longoria brings. I mean, I know he's an older player, but um, he can still hit a little bit um, if he stays healthy. So, um, yeah, the third base, yeah, Rojas and Longoria, I think obviously those guys are locks. To make the team, you're not going to sign Evan Longoria, and he's not, you know, not going to make the team. One of the weaker positions, especially offensively, but even a little bit defensively, we got some question marks too. Is shortstop? Yeah, because there's two guys on the list that we have for shortstop, and they're very different players. Uh, yeah. Well, Nick Ahmed seems like he's healthy, so um, he's probably going to be your starting shortstop. Um, he's, you know, this is the last year of his. Uh, contract. He's making $10 million this year. Jordan Lawler's not quite ready yet to come up to the majors. He probably in, starts in double A. Probably starts, yeah. I would think he would start in double A. Did he play in triple A at all last year? No. I don't think so. No. So, yeah, he'll have to make his way to triple A first before he's brought up to, uh, to the majors. So, um, we could see, though. Like we've been talking about the Corbin Carroll track for Jordan Lawler, where he starts this year in Double A, but then gets promoted to Triple A, and then in September Lawler comes up. It's possible. Um, so I think your shortstops at this point are Nick Ahmed and Geraldo Perdomo. I think you're going to ride with those guys. I don't really see another option um, on the roster right now to replace any of those guys, and. I mean, Perdomo is a really good defender. Ahmed is, you know, he's been a really good defender. I'm not sure how he's going to look this year. He missed pretty much all of last season. Um, so I think those guys are going to be your shortstops. I mean, and Perdomo, like, Perdomo's not a very good hitter, but he's got a good eye. He gets on base. 
So I think you can live with that for now. Let's see if I can find any more. I mean, he's the kind of guy who will hit 200 or less for batting yeah. average, but he's going to be on base close to 30% of the time, which is pretty remarkable considering that not very good average. I'm looking at their infielders on the 40-man roster. I don't think Blaze Alexander is taking a spot over, over Nick Ahmed and Geraldo Perdomo. Not out of the gate. Diego Castillo, I don't think so. I don't think he makes the club. And then I'm looking at the rest of the infielders. They're all, you know, Seth Beer is not going to play short, obviously. No. Emmanuel Rivera is probably not going to make the team out of spring training. I have him on the bubble. He might be. He might have a bench spot since he can play third and first. I don't know. Um, so, and then... Obviously, there are really no outfielders that play short on this team either. That there's are on just the really nobody man, with the athleticism. To yeah, play short. unless the, unless they are going to DFA somebody that I'm, that's yeah. not on the forty man. But yeah, I think you're going to ride with those two until Jordan Lawler is ready to come up. So, um, it's still sad that we're at this point in Nick Ahmed's career where I'll be ecstatic if he hits two fifty. Yeah. Um, well, in Perdomo, I'd be ecstatic if he hits two thirty. Yeah. It's not great. It's not no, great to say, honestly. Not a high bar. No, and Perdomo, I remember when remember when they traded Jazz Chisholm for Zach Gallen. Mm-hmm. I think we came on the podcast and did a sh- episode, and we were saying, that's cool because we have Geraldo Perdomo. Right. And we want to see what he's got. That's cool. And here we are. Jazz Chisholm is a center fielder now. Oh, and- believe me, if it's between <laughs> Perdomo and Jazz, I'd rather have Jazz at this point. Hindsight 2020, but sure. at the time, it was okay. You didn't know what either of it them was okay, were. yeah. And they didn't have Jordan Lawler in the system, blah, blah, blah. So, um, Nick, I mean, we'll see what Nick Ahmed has. I honestly think that, I think that shortstop is probably one of the weaker positions. Definitely. On this team, especially offensively. And like I said, it's sad to say, but if Nick Ahmed hits 250, I think I'll be okay. I'll be happy with that. I <laughs> it's so it's so sad to say that that we're in I don't even know how many years Nick Ahmed's been with this team now. It's at least He's the longest tenured Diamondback. So what is that? What in is their that history? though? Like eight eight years? Yeah. yeah. It's eight to um, ten, somewhere in there. So it's bad that I still say I've been saying this for years. If Nick Ahmed can hit two fifty, I'll be happy. Let's talk outfield, because this is going to round out the position players. I think we kind of knew, especially after the Dalton-Varsho trade, we knew certain things. We know that Corbin Carroll is up. He's the top prospect in baseball. He played in September. Yeah. Uh, he's one of the hottest names in all of baseball right now. Corbin Carroll will be playing for this team. Yes. Uh, Alec Thomas. They sent him down to AAA at the end of last season. He raked when he went back down. I know he struggled at times in the major leagues last year, but he's also one of the best defensive center fielders in the game of baseball already. Yeah. So I think Alec Thomas makes the uh, the roster on opening day as well. Then you've got McCarthy, who is another young, athletic, fast, left-handed hitting outfielder mm-hmm. who I think is going to play a lot of right field, maybe left field, depending on where they want Corbin Carroll and Alec Thomas on any given day. I think those three guys are locks for opening day. The questions start with the fourth and fifth spot in the outfield. I think Lourdes Gurriel is a lock. He's, I think he's in his sixth or seventh season in the major leagues, so he's a veteran guy. He's a very guy. good hitter. He's a good hitter, good contact hitter, although the power dropped way off last yeah. year. He's also a good defensive left fielder. Yeah. Which, I mean, Not usu- a lot of speed. usually you don't think of good defenders in left field. It's kind of where you stick your worst defensive outfielder at times, even though David Peralta did win 
gold glove there. So Well, he could be a lot like Peralta in sure. that neither of them are particularly fast. Right. Uh, Peralta had a pretty good arm when he was younger. I mean, he was a former pitcher. Uh, but yeah, I think Guriel could be a lot like a David Peralta. Here's the thing, too. High contact rate? Hi- hypothetically, if Alec Thomas really struggles in spring training with his bat, and they just said, oh, they just think, okay, this guy could use some more seasoning in AAA. They have plenty of options while he's getting, while he would be getting right in AAA. You could, you could just throw Corbin Carroll in center field, sure. Jake McCarthy in right, and Lourdes Gurriel in left, and you're good. And then you still have Kyle Lewis. Yeah, he's our fifth, by the way. Yeah. that we have, and the last position player we have making the roster. Yes, I, I think, I think that's a pretty good, it's a safe bet. You traded. I mean, you didn't trade a ton for Kyle Lewis. You traded Cooper Hummel straight up for him. Um, Kyle Lewis, of course. A former Rookie of the Year in, of course, the the shortened uh, twenty twenty season. He won Rookie of the Year. Had a pretty bad year last year and kind of got kind of got pushed out of Seattle by you know guys uh, Julio Rodriguez and uh, Jared Kelenic coming up, and then they signed Jesse Winker. So there was really no spot for Kyle Lewis to come back and play consistently. So I mean, it's a flyer on him, but I mean, I think he's got upside, so that could be a really good signing there, or a good acquisition, I should say. But yeah, I, I, I think Alec Thomas will make the roster. I think his his glove is so good that you might be okay with a subpar bat. Um, and not saying he's a bad hitter, but he, he's developing. He had a bad, and let's not forget, last year was his first year in the major leagues, you know, and he had a bad stretch, and they sent him down to AAA. And then, like you said, he started raking when he went back down to, to Reno. So it could have just been a confidence thing. He he started out pretty pretty dang good with a bat too, and he went through a slump, and he was maybe lost some confidence. I think Tori Lavello actually came on this on Arizona Sport. I think on Burns and Gambo and said pretty much the same thing that it was kind of a confidence thing with Alec Thomas. So they just sent him back down and maybe him raking in triple a boosted his confidence again. Um, so yeah, uh, the outfield, I mean, the outfield looks pretty good, man. Corbin Carroll, uh, the hot name that everyone's picking for NL rookie of the year. Um, he's now the top prospect in baseball, according to a lot of, uh, outlets now. Um, Jake McCarthy, I'm excited to see a full season of Jake McCarthy. Jake McCarthy kind of had the same thing happen to him last year that Alec Thomas did. He got sent down in the in the middle of the season because he wasn't wasn't hitting, and then he came back up, changed some stuff, got back to it, and he's he was one of the better hitters in the outfield last year. Um, I'm seeing I saw a, a list where uh, stolen bases too. Jake McCarthy was predicted to tie for fourth in well, the majors in stolen bases. Twenty three. And I MLB, think he had like 300 at bats ML, or something like MLB that. MLB predicted he would steal 27 bases. I think that's even a little bit conservative. Yeah. He's that dude is if given fast. 450 at bats, which is a little less than a full season of a position player. Yeah. 450 at bats, the guy could he could top 30, 35. Sure. Yeah. Given the opportunity, and I think the Diamondbacks too really showed an emphasis on the running game last year. This is a team that they has, opened it up. They have a lot of speed. They have a lot of speed, um, especially in the outfield. I mean, Corbin Carroll is one of the fastest 
guys I've ever seen. Rojas stole a bunch of bases. Alec Thomas is fast. Jake McCarthy is fast. I don't know about Kyle Lewis much anymore. Geraldo Perdomo's got got some wheels too. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to steal a bunch of bases, Um, but yeah, I'm. I think they're going to utilize a lot of like stuff that you don't see much anymore. The little things like hit and run, stolen bases, bunting, sacrifice, and just get that speedy guy on second or get him on third. You know. Bunting for base hits. The one thing I don't see in this lineup is power. Aside from Christian Walker, yeah, and yep. if Cattell Marte puts it all together Cattell, again, which I don't have a lot of confidence. Cattell has the ability to be a power hitter. He had what was 20, it happened once twenty nineteen. Yeah. He had like twenty thirty home runs, something yep. like that. So he has he's done that before. Um, but yeah. I, there's not a lot of power in there. Um, the only other guy that I could see maybe hitting some home runs is Evan Longoria, but I don't know how much he's going to play. Um, Moreno's so, not a home run guy. So this is going to be... Marte's not. Longoria's really not. Rojas, maybe 15 to 20, I would guess. Ahmed and Perdomo, well, really they just none. just traded away 30 home runs with Varsho, too, so... Yeah, Varsho is kind of your only other guy with a lot of power. Not a lot of power in this lineup at all. No, so this is there's gonna, a lot of contact. And this speed. is going like to be that. a scrappy team. I think they're going to have to, and like I said, they're going to have to do a lot of the little things to score runs. They're going to have to have productive at bats. They're going to have to move guys over to score into scoring position. They're going to have to bunt. I'm sounding like the end of Moneyball. You yeah. have to bunt. You got to field. You got to do the fundamentals. You know, whatever the line was. Anyway, but I think that's what this team's going to have to do because they're not going to be hitting a lot of three run home runs. I mean, yeah, Christian Walker is probably going to have his 30 home runs. 20, I'll say 25 to 30 to be safe. Yeah, I think that's probably. Um, he'll right. probably still hit, you know, 230, not have a really high batting average, but we'll see. I mean, We'll see what Moreno has, but the short sample size we've seen in the majors and his minor league career, he's more of a contact hitter as well. He's not a huge power hitter. Hard contact, but not in the air. Sure. And I'll take that. Yeah. Get on base, drive guys in, whatever you got to do, but we'll see. Um, Corbin Carroll has some sneaky power, but I don't think he'll ever be a 25 home run type of hitter. I think I'll ballpark him 15 to 20. Yeah. Conservatively. Yeah. And hope for better. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm totally and, willing to be wrong on most of this. And <laughs> he's probably going to be hitting leadoff, I would think. Okay, so let's let's uh, wrap up with start, uh, position players and let's move to the pitchers. Yes. So the starting rotation has four guys in it that we're pretty confident are going to be in there. Yeah. That's Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, Madison Bumgarner on some level, and Zach Davies. <laughs> I only say on some level because I'm growing He's tired of He's going Bumgarner. to be in the rotation, though. He I mean, be. there are no... Not saying there aren't better options, but... I and I don't like this argument, but he's making twenty three million dollars this year. Well, he's your highest paid player. He's got still got the name recognition. He's the only one with playoff experience. Oh yeah. Well, true. I don't know about Zach Davies. He's been on a couple other teams. I'm not sure if they made the playoffs. I have no but, idea. <laughs> but for the most part, Madison Bumgarner is the only yeah. one who's got that. I and I deep run experience yeah, in the playoffs. I think we'll finally see an opening day that isn't started by Madison Bumgarner since he's been here. Um, oh, Gallon deserves have, it. By you a have mile. to start Zach Gallon. You, you have, have to. to. It, I'm still kind of 
ticked off that he wasn't even a finalist for the Cy Young Award last year. I mean, yeah. Max Freed Freed had a good season, but Zach Gallen. Well, and Sandy Alcantara. Well, I know. I didn't. I'm not saying he should have won it. Julio Urias was really. He should have been a finalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm good with that. Anyway, so yeah, Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, who's Merrill Kelly, by the way, pitching in the WBC for Team USA. um, That just lost Nestor Cortez. Also, by the way, yeah, Alec Thomas is playing for Team Mexico. Oh, that's that's interesting. Um, So yeah, uh, so. I think the rotation. I think I. I think the first four spots are pretty much locks, barring any injuries. So who's the fifth? Honestly, I think it's going to be Dre Jameson. I think it should be Dre Jameson. That dude came up last year and just threw a bunch of smoke, and he pitched really well. Um, had a couple bumpy starts, but overall, I was really impressed. Um, and just for the love of everything that is holy. Can we just have people that throw hard, please? There's been so many years <laughs> in Diamondbacks history where we just recently, too, we haven't seen guys that throw hard. And there's so many guys that throw hard now. Dre Jameson probably has the best velocity out of all these guys, including Zach Gallen. Zach so, Gallen throws relatively hard, but he doesn't throw 90. He throws like hard, 90, hard. 95 is his, yeah, is no. his probably max. So if Dre Jameson is in our fifth spot, then on the bubble we have a couple of starting pitching, uh, I guess I'll call them prospects. Corbin yeah. Martin, who it, we're still trying to figure out what he is ever since that trade for Zach I, I think, I think the Corbin Martin, I don't even know if you can call it an experiment. They didn't really give him a shot, really. I think that's pretty much come and gone. I think that ship has sailed for him to be in the rotation. Tommy Henry. Who might be yes, the most Tommy Henry. Uh, safe pick yeah. to make the rotation out of spring training? Uh, he's got a little bit more experience than Dre Jameson. He's yeah. had a few more starts. I'd say he's probably more consistent. He's a lefty. He was a college pitcher as well, much like Dre Jameson. Uh, pitched in the College World Series for, I believe, Michigan. So uh, Tommy Henry would be a pretty safe pick here, too, yeah. in the fifth spot. Yeah, it could I, be either I, one of I them. And I wouldn't be upset by that if yeah. they think Dre Jameson needs a little more time uh, in the minor leagues. But, yeah, they have they have a lot of guys. And then there's also Brandon Fott that is up and coming. Um, maybe, maybe he cracks the majors this year. I thought he might have gotten a shot in September last year, but... He had just kind of moved to AAA recently, so... I think he just needs more AAA time. Yeah, and that's fine. He was great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. He's awesome. And that, He's by far the honestly, one I want the most. Right now, you don't really need to rush guys up because you yeah. do have four spots in your rotation that are kind of locked down. Um, but that being said, Zach Davies isn't a long-term long-term answer here. No. Madison Bumgarner is not a long-term answer here. He only has... He's got two years left on his contract. I... Honestly, I I know he's going to be here this year, but if he's not traded at the trade deadline this year, I could see them not bringing him back in 2024 because he makes significantly less than he does this year, and they may just eat that money. I don't know. So a year from now, you might see see Zach Gallen, Merrill Kelly, Dre Jameson, Tommy Henry, and and Brandon Brandon Fott. Give it to me. And I'd be cool with that. Give it. You know what? I, I shouldn't even say a year from now. By the end of the season. 
You could. If, I mean, that's if Bumgarner implodes again. There's always, and a you ch- either trade him or cut him. There's always a chance of injuries. Uh, that's if Zach Davies just isn't around. I mean, if you're not contending by the All Star break and you do have to make some trades and give some guys away, Zach Davies might be a piece that you know some contending team is looking for a fifth starter. Zach Davies might be that guy. Yeah. So that's a piece you might Maybe, move. yeah. I don't know um, that anyone's going to want Bumgarner, but we'll see. Hopefully things go well for him, and you can either keep him for the short term and use him out through the rest of his contract, or you could flip him at some point. Right. We'll see what happens. Uh, looking at the bullpen, I do think there's a couple of locks in the bullpen for different reasons. Mark Melanson, I think, is a lock only because they paid him, I think he's it was making, $14 million. $7 million this year, so right. he's, he's going to be in the bullpen. Joe Mantiply went to an all-star game last season. Yeah. I think he was pretty solid. He's really one of their only lefties in the bullpen. I think he's going to remain. I do think Miguel Castro makes the bullpen. They signed him in free agency, gave him a lot of incentives in his contract for finishing games, which yes. to me means they might even want him to be the closer out of the gate. Yeah. Scott McGuff is a name that they signed in free agency, somebody who will be making a couple million dollars, which I know is not a lot of money, but... For this Diamondbacks bullpen, there's not a lot of guys making money. He's one of them. And then the last one is Andrew Chafin, who last week on the podcast we talked about would be a great fit for the Diamondbacks to bring him back, and they did. And they just this morning they made that move official. Nice. Um, Also, there is a club option on Andrew Chafin for 2024, so he could be back. He could be back next year as well. I think one of my favorite things about Chafin, and we talked about this a little bit last week. Well, well, yeah, the facial hair for sure. No, I was going to say the fact that after they traded Chafin, who I thought was a pretty good pitcher here, his whip was too high, but his ERA was always good. Yeah. I think he got dramatically better after they moved him. And that I shouldn't even say I think. He did. He got yeah, dramatically he, better. And that could be a combination of reasons. Maybe there's a, a coach in, you know, what was it? Chicago. He's been in Chicago. Oakland. With the Cubs. Detroit, Oakland maybe? and Detroit. So maybe there was a coach somewhere that says, hey, man. Why don't you do this differently? And yeah. and he changed something, and now it's working out for the better. I saw he, like, so I forget what the number was, but someone tweeted that, like, opponents only hit, like, 120-something or whatever it was against his slider, so his sliders got Let's really good. Let's throw that more. Yeah. <laughs> throw that, It's Andrew. not hard to figure out. Um, but, yeah, Andrew Chafin is back. Um, he's definitely going to be in this. He, he's probably already, you could argue, their best reliever. Um, I think you can. I, yeah. think, I that's a fair argument. I think. I mean, who else are you going to give it to? Joe, Joe Mantiply. I Joe, mean, he made the All Star team, but somebody had to. That was a just, and not to take anything away from Joe Mantiply. He had was, a great first half. Yeah, he had a great first half, but that was just like okay, the Diamondbacks need to have somebody on the on the All Star team. So, okay, I think Chafin is. I think he is your yeah. best reliever at um, this point, and he's getting paid like it too. I mean, they better hope, they better pray to whoever they pray to. That Mark Melanson gives you something. I mean, where do you? By the way, where do you throw Mark Melanson? If you look at the like, num- at what point in the game? You yeah, mean? yeah. If you look at the numbers last year, I know it's a new season, but and he was brought in last year to be the closer, right? Which I don't think is his job anymore. They're gonna find out. We'll see. But if you look at his numbers last year in non-save situations, he was horrible. He was awful. So are you really going to throw Mark Melanson in the in the seventh inning and hope that it goes well? You can't really just say he's the closer after the year he had. 
So I don't know I don't know what their plan is with Mark Melanson. Maybe just see where he shines the most and then have him pitch there. Um I, I don't know. Um but this bullpen to me, it's it's kinda I don't even know if top heavy is the right word. Because it's not even top heavy. <laughs> like not really. It's not heavy at all. They're kinda light. But it's to me it's 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 Joe Mantiply and Andrew Chafin and then the rest of them. Mm. You know what I mean? With, Both lefties, by the way. Right. And because I don't know what Scott McGuff has. I haven't seen him pitch because he's been in Japan. Castro's numbers were rough. Castro throws New York. really hard. Yeah. Well, he's been a Met and a Yankee. So, yeah, New yeah, York. New York. <laughs> I think he wasn't he in Baltimore at one point. I don't know. Yeah, I thought so. But Miguel Castro throws hard. He strikes guys out, but he lets guys get on base, too. Right. So we'll see what happens there. I'm interested to see what Kevin Ginkle has. Okay, so let me name the last three okay, on our go roster. Ahead. These are the last three to round it out. I think that you could probably rotate a handful of guys at the back end of the bullpen and we'd forgive you. That's usually what happens. But we'll just tell you what we think. Kevin Ginkle is one of them. Out of experience, he's been around for a while. He's been on this team for a while, yeah. Uh, I think you have an argument there to be made that he was one of their more reliable relievers down the stretch last year. He came back up and was pretty good. And he throws hard, too. Uh, Kyle Nelson. Kyle Nelson was a little... Good surprise last year. So we're going to throw him in this mix Another as well. lefty. Another the lefty. The last spot in their bullpen was hard to figure out, but I'm going to throw Carlos Vargas in there. They okay. traded for Vargas early in the offseason, I think from Cleveland. He's the kind of guy who can get the ball up to 100 miles an hour. He has heat, but he's yeah. a lot like Castro. Throws hard, strikes guys out, but he's going to walk a bunch of dudes. Guys are going to hit off of him. He's got rough numbers around the edges. So I think that I'm going to put Vargas there as a project yeah. for Brent Strom. And I think that hopefully they get something good out of him. There's a couple good names on the on the bubble. We talked about Corbin Martin as a starter. He could There's be a, a bullpen guy. He could be a reliever. With a, with a chance to be a long reliever guy. Cole Solcer is another guy that could be a potential back, not back into the bullpen, but make on the one, bubble of, one of the final area, yeah. spots in the bullpen. He had a rough year last year at 529 ERA um, in 34 innings for the Marlins. Um, Tyler so, Holton got DFA today yeah, for Chafin. Ty- Tyler Holton's no longer, well, not yet, no longer really an option, especially on the 40 man because yeah. he was DFA'd, yeah, like you said. But for he might Chafin, be on the but, bubble. I mean, yeah, there's a if chance he clears that they made waivers, some yeah. Um, Luis Frias is another name. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not really intrigued by Luis Frias. He's all right. He's 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 okay if you if you need some innings. I think I saw MLB.com's Steve Gilbert put out his predictions for the roster as well. And really, one of the only spots that we had different was this last one in the bullpen. He had Jesse Biddle. I know nothing of Jesse Biddle, so I I, mm. I, I just wanted to mention that in fairness to Steve because uh, he might know something that we don't. But well, he's not on the forty man, so. and it's not a, it's not a player that I was super familiar with either. So <laughs> maybe not much to say about it. But yeah, that rounds out our predictions for the twenty twenty three opening day roster. Not a lot of question marks. I think most of this most people could have figured out right out of the gate. Particularly the infield oh. is easy. The outfield's pretty easy. You're raising I your hand. I forgot about up? a possibility in the bullpen. Okay, Jerry's familiar. Jury's familiar got signed to a yes, minor league. Yes, he's a deal. minor league a minor league contract. That's interesting. Um he might have a chance to crack the team too if he has a good spring training. I am going to 
he has a chance. I, I I would maybe put him over Vargas in our prediction, but I'm going to stick with Vargas because I'm just going to assume that there's a reason no one else got Familia. Sure, he had it's a, like he had, a, he had a bad year last year. It's like um, who was the guy middle age reliever? Who was the guy that the Diamondbacks brought in a couple years ago? And like for a second, they were like, "He's the closer," and then he disappeared and like fell off the face of the last earth. year. It was he the last year or the year before? Last year it was Melanson and Kennedy. Yeah, it was the year before then. Joaquin Soria. No, this is a Tyler guy, Clipper. This is this was a guy with experience who they brought in and literally fell off the face of the earth, like wasn't even around for the team anymore. Oh, I wish I could Yohan remember the name. Lopez. No, no, no. Lopez. <laughs> he, dis- he disappeared. He kind of fits that bill, but no, there was a player with experience that they brought in at one point, and they said this guy, Chris Davinsky. Oh yeah, remember when they brought yeah. in Chris Davinsky well, and they talked so him up big game, what big hap- time? No, what happened with Chris Davinsky was two years ago. Um, I think it was yeah, it was two years ago because it was the year they got they brought in Soria and Tyler Clippard. Yep, and then they have. In the first series of of the year with the Padres, they're in San Diego. They have the lead. Uh, it was a you know a safe situation in the ninth inning, and I see who comes out of the bullpen, and it's Chris Davinsky. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, what the heck's going on? And I, I think he locked down the save, but I'm like, I'm like, didn't you just sign Joaquin Soria and Tyler Clipper to do right. this job? Right. And then yeah, Chris Davinsky got I don't even think he's on the roster anymore, but no, 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 not no. even a non roster guy, but no, this guy disappeared. Man. Yeah, he's gone. Like And I'm not uh, he got, hoping he for got, that for Familia. He had like a season ending injury that was like not really talked about very much. Listen, it if was all, very strange. If all goes well, Jury's Familia has a good spring and hopefully makes this bullpen. I hope he does. Yeah. I'm not ready to predict that yet. Right. I think that there's a reason he's fallen off so dramatically. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I think that I'm going to throw him on the bubble for sure. I think I'm going to stick with Carlos Vargas for the short term. There's a guy still, on, a non-roster guy, that's been on the team for a while, but I don't know if he's an option at this point. Stefan Crichton is still here. Really? Yeah. He's still he was on, the closer at one point, too. He's, he's, uh, he's not on the 40. They really tried everybody. He's not on the 40, man, but he's still on the roster. Hazen loved him at one point. Yeah. Loved him. Yep. Talked about how we're building Tor- the bullpen Tori, around him. Tori Lovello liked him too. I don't know what happened, but I didn't realize he was still around. He's still on the team. Yep. So, but yeah, I don't think he really has a shot. Familia has an outside shot, just yeah. because a of the shot. of the experience. And if he has a if he has a good spring training, I mean, this bullpen, those last three spots, I mean. You can even argue maybe the last four spots are kind of up for grabs for whoever wants them. Definitely. Um, so th- and that's good. Competition is good in spring training and training camps. You know, and in, in football and basketball too. If if you don't have competition, I feel like, you know, what are you really working towards in in spring training when you're trying to get ready? You should be fighting for your spot. It, even if you're a guy like you know like Madison Bumgarner. Not saying his spots up for grabs. I'm not breaking any news here, but he should go at this spring training like, "Hey, man, there's a lot of these young kids around." Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. That's how I would try to frame my mindset going into a spring training or a training camp, and I, I would want to just go all out and try to, you know, do my best and not coast through it, even though I'm a, I'm a ten year veteran or whatever it is. Well, and if there's gonna be competition, you need competition. In spring, 
I'd rather it be at the back end of the bullpen and the back end of the rotation sure. and the back end of the outfield than, hey, we don't know who our starting shortstop sure. is going to be. I want I want Tommy Henry and Dre Jameson and Brandon Fott pushing each other yeah. for that fifth spot. Totally. Because we've seen how pushing each other goes here. We had it in 2001, Randy Johnson and Kurt Schilling. They didn't, I don't think they hated each other, but they wanted to one up each other every start. So that pushed them to do better. Incredible things. Yeah. And look, and they won, they both win co World Series MVP. That's funny. I wonder how they share custody of that trophy. Um, Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Did they make two trophies? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so... Cut it in half? I, I think that competition is good. And I want to see that. I want to see... I want to see Jordan... Because Jordan Lawler is going to be in spring training. I I don't think he's making the major league roster, obviously. But I want him pushing Geraldo Perdomo. I want him pushing even guy like Nick Ahmed. You know, to be better. Like... There's this young kid coming in here, not saying he's trying to show them up or anything, but like, I want to show them that I'm still, I'm still Nick, I'm, I'm still Geraldo Perdomo, you know what I mean? There's a reason I'm on the roster. I'm not just going to step aside and let him take my right, job. Right, right. I'm going to put up a fight. And right. If he's better than me, so be it, he deserves it. Even if you know he's not going to be on the Major League roster right now, I think that competition is good. I think it's good. I want guys pushing Zach Gallen still, you know? Zach Gallen has... He, there's no danger that Zach Gallen isn't going to be in the rotation at all. He is your ace. He's your best pitcher on your roster. But I want guys pushing him. No, I don't want anybody pushing Zach Gallen. I don't want anybody hurting him by accident. I don't want that. <laughs> I'm not saying shoving him to I the know. ground, Steve. <laughs> I, know. I know. I was just joking. I want that competition. Seems be, that seems to be the only way he gets hurt is freak accidents. So. <laughs> Well, he's not hit, knocking on wood. He's not taking batting practice anymore. Good. So, yeah, I don't want thank him to. God. I don't want that, and by I don't want way, anyone pushing by him. By the way, before we wrap up, this has nothing yeah. to do with the roster. Sorry, I keep okay. bringing things up. No, go ahead. Did you see uh, they unveiled yesterday the new bases? Oh, yeah. I they are big. <laughs> too many people tweeting the same he's picture of the thick, bases. Boy. Yeah. He's thick. Oh, my gosh. I It cracks me up, it's though. It's so funny. Someone was like, look, mega base. <laughs> It cracks me up how many people seem to think that that's going to lead to more stolen bases, though. I think what it's going to help is, is it that dramatically I closer. People's talking about how it's going to prevent injuries too. Sure, because I get that now. I mean, you, there's less chance you get spiked. spiked. Guys drop their knees in front of the base, which I guess they could still do. But um, it's going to hopefully help guys from over sliding. Yeah, I mean. Honestly, learn how to slide, but whatever. Yeah. Um, or don't go for the infield or go for the bag. So now, yeah, I'm like people are like, there's going to be so much more solo base. I'm like, why? Because there's... Because they're two inches they're closer. They're two inches closer to I the guess, base, I scientifically, guess. scientifically, yeah, that makes sense. There's but. probably going to be less pickoffs. That's for sure. Less less distance getting back. You can get further off the bag at first base. Also... Which um, is good, I guess, for they, a base runner. There's a couple new rules. Um, pitch clock. The pitch clock is coming. Um, 15 seconds, I think, to throw or whatever I saw it is. today that uh, Jeff Passan wrote about um, they're going to start enforcing balk rules yes. much more stringently. Yeah. Which, uh, dude, I don't know. For most pitchers, it probably won't matter. But now, when you start your motion, matters because of the yep. pitch clock. Yep. 
And for some guys who have odd motions, like a Luis Garcia who rocks the baby for three minutes before oh, he throws every he's pitch, gonna have to they're going to have little, to figure some stuff out. Nestor Cortez, who does his little herky-jerky his stuff. leg kicks. Um, yep. Also, the... Henley Jansen might be a little weird. Yeah. Because he sets like three times before he throws. Right. Uh, there was also, I thought this cu- rule was already kind of permanent, but they made the runner on second base, the ghost runner in extra innings permanent I always, I for the regular was, season. I thought that was permanent. I'm fine with that rule. There's a lot of people that hate that rule. I'm cool with it. Because it's not real baseball. I'm like, okay, but if you want to keep sitting there for 50 hours. You know what? Admittedly, cool. that was me when they made the rule. I was I like, that's was not real like baseball. That too. But now the more I watch, it's kind of like uh, hockey overtime rules now where it's three on three. Yeah. At, at first I was like, well, that's kind of stupid. That's not actual hockey. That, it's a different sport, basically. But and now I watch it. and I'm like, this is awesome. I still think this it's cool. I still think it's funny. And I'm cool with how they're doing it, too. They do not have it in the postseason, yeah. which I'm cool with that. Yeah. But it's kind of funny because they're like, well, the regular season and then in the postseason we play real baseball. Yeah. I, I get it. When you have 162 games and when it comes, I mean, hell, you work on baseball broadcasts all I the do. time. I'm You'd okay rather with get it. the thing over with. I'm than okay with it. Make sure it's right. The problem is when guys. It's not the NFL where you're playing it, once a week. The problem is when relievers come in with the runner on second base and they can't seem to get anybody out. That's yeah. the problem. Um, so then the game ends up still going 14 innings. But yeah, the bases are huge. Um, there's going to be the pitch clock, I think. I I think we're it's going to be the veterans obviously that have to adjust to it, but the, the benefit is a lot of minor league guys and younger guys coming up, or maybe guys that went down to the minor leagues to get some things right or on rehab assignments or whatnot. They've been using the pitch clock in the minor leagues for like three years. Yeah, so guys coming up, will those know guys it. will be used to it. Right. It's going to be the older guy, older veterans on major league rosters that don't go down to the minor leagues except on rehab assignments that are going to have to adjust and be faster. It'll be interesting to see how much the umpires decide to enforce You, you can only too. like step off the rubber twice and then it's a balk. I think like you you can't ju- a pitcher can't just if the if the cuz if the clock is running down if they don't limit that they could just step off. Well, a lot of it step is off. remember when they changed the rules for the batter's box. Well, they never really enforced it. And that. they never really enforced it. Apparently, so will this be any different? The umpires are supposedly wearing this device that like buzzes when the pitch clock expires. Just get rid of them. So robots, just move to robots at this point. Artificial intelligence. We're arming our umpires with robotic technology. Eventually, just do robots, dude. Eventually, you have to have. I guess umpires make calls at bases, but I think the home plate umpire is going away. Because eventually it's going to be automated. The strike zone is going to be automated. And are you, you could just still have the home plate umpire out there just going strike, ball, or you can have a, are you going to have a sound in the arena? The guy throws a, throws a strike, ding, strike, eh, ball. Like, are you going to have that yeah, in MLB stadiums? Maybe. It'll seem like it's, that's too stupid to me, but we'll see. It's it's gonna baseball's changing, man, and I think some of it's for the better. I don't know how I really feel about the pitch clock. Of course, I'm I'm a I'm a seam head, so I love baseball. I don't care how long the games are when I'm watching a baseball game. So the pace of the game has never bothered me. I love baseball, and I never had a problem with the pace. So 
I don't know how I'm going to adjust to a pitch clock, and you know, it's, it, I think it's going to be noticeable for the first few weeks of the season. Guys might get penalized, you know, because they're not used to it. But I guess that's what spring training is for too. They're going to be utilizing it in spring training. They got to get guys used to it. So we'll see. The game is certainly changing. All right, let's wrap up the podcast for this week. If you want to check out our uh, 2023 Diamondbacks roster predictions for opening day, check them out at ArizonaSports.com. For Cody Fincher, I'm Steve Zinsmeister. You've been listening to the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.